Oh, come on. Comedy Filmers episode 475. Halfway to 950. Brought to you by Pod Pretzels. <laughs> Brought to you by Pod Pretzels. It's a new snack podcasters created. Yeah. They're, they're like pretzels, but they're not. Oh. <laughs> They no. don't generate yeah. as much money? No, yeah. They're they're shaped, instead of a pretzel, they're shaped like failure, and then have salt that's put on top. <laughs> Come get a failure salt. twist. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of salt. A <laughs> lot of salt. A lot of salty failure on a podcast pretzel. <laughs> Um, so, they come in bags. Oh, oh, <laughs> torn. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a returning guest. We do have a returning mm-hmm. guest. We have our first ever guest. That's right. It was Mike yeah. Schmidt. He was the first guest. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. The first I, did, guest I had we, no idea. Episode three. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, first, the, first, the first two episodes we did were just Chris and I yammering, and who, then we brought you on. You are our first ever guest. And who do was, you think the second guest was? Uh, after me, Doug Benson. Close. Uh, well, who's, I mean, a, a sentient bottle of weed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they put weed in a bottle now. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, Weed's yeah, in yeah. a bottle. You... Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I like drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Cation. Jackie Cation, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, it, also the vanguard of podcasting, certainly. Mm-hmm. Been doing the dork force since 1991, which yes. that seems odd. That's really, really weird. Yeah, That's crazy. Before the internet was around. But she, she was, did it. I know. <laughs> Just in, a, in her bathtub <laughs> doing a show. <laughs> she loves baths. Ladies and Have gentlemen, you, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. Oh, hi. Mm-hmm. Hey, boy, I'm oh boy. first guest ever. And set the, set the bar. Really, really set the <laughs> bar for everybody to come afterwards. Mm-hmm. And now you've got authors in here and all sorts of bullshit. People aren't just your friends, like guys who actually write and have jobs. <laughs> like, what the hell? Why'd you guys get successful? And all kinds of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys wander in. Masters of the written word come in, bloggers. <laughs> People who type for a living. Oh, they're all fantastic. Oh. But I was happy to be asked. Yes. How's 40-year-old boy going? It's going well. We are in, uh, we, by we, I mean me, because I'm the only fucking guy there. And it's... uh, (laughs) The whole team staff over there, 40-year-old boy. It's all packed. I've been through three producers who would curse my name under their breath. Um, How was the office party for Christmas? Oh, it was fantastic. (laughs) I got myself the secret Santa. And uh, hard to pass that off. Hard to pass that off to anybody else. But... uh, I got myself, which was weird. So I, it's going well. We are approaching the end. Brace yourselves. You're doing a spit take, probably. Year 11. Year 11 is wow. coming to an end. Yeah, isn't that bizarre? Uh, so, yeah, so I'm about to end year 11 of that and then start year 12. And I am on fucking fumes. I'm not going to lie to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun and people seem to enjoy it still. And uh, and we've branched out in other different directions we'll talk about later. But it's great. I'm really happy. Thank you. That's great. Well, yeah, we still t- weekly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Every week. Comes out every Thursday morning ish. I've been, been in a bit of a. <laughs> dug a bit of an Imaginal line for myself these days where I'm entrenched in my apartment and not doing anything, but still getting the podcast out every week, which is good. And it's fucking great. Listen to me talking to people how to listen to it. It's fucking awesome. Go listen to it. Jesus. <laughs> an idiot. We hit, uh, we hit the 10 year mark in December. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have mm-hmm. a very special, uh, very special live show at the dynasty typewriter. In oh, December. you got word. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. All right. So it's confirmed. Yep. This December. Yep. All right. I'm now, this seems odd having been the first guest at all. And it probably is, thirsty as hell would there be a chance i could attend said party no can you put me on- <laughs> <laughs> just put me on a list i'll just come by i'll work the door i can do that <laughs> no this is the part the show of the party you will be uh any any comic that's ever been on any guest that's ever been on this show if they're around um in december when we do this and we'll announce the actual date and ticket sales and all that in a little in maybe a month or so um yeah, you can come on. We're going to try to just get as many people on the show who have been on the show to celebrate it because it'll be all told. It'll be like our 600th episode. It 
It'll be over. We've already. It's probably over. It's probably yeah. over that. But it, we're calling it our 600th episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I thought you said. I thought you meant the show was over that night. You're like, it's over. It's probably over that night. We'll close it all out. A couple of gunshots. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> well, I. Well, that's amazing and incredible. Are you now? I, and again, I'm new to all of this. Uh, would you? Would there be any way to watch a movie like with you, all of your guests? And uh, you know how you guys do the trailer thing. Uh, sometimes, like I was at Podfest and you guys did that trailer, a trailer park thing. Uh, and then also you did, you had the screening of earbuds. Like, is there a thing where you could like watch a, I mean, I don't want to, you know, you can't MST3K a fucking movie or something. I don't think, but, but whatever, just a, just a, a celebration of movies themselves. I suppose we could I'm looking sprinkle for. in some trailers. I think they have video capabilities. Yeah, we'll sprinkle right? in some trailers mm-hmm. and I don't know. We'll maybe see. some classic, maybe. classic trailers, maybe some new trailers, yeah. maybe some, yeah. We'll sprinkle in some stuff. We'll sprinkle in some highlights from the show. Yeah. Some audio highlights. And I don't mean to put pressure on you in some weird thing where I'm all of a sudden now I'm yeah. Mike's producing <laughs> I'm, this all yeah, the time. Yeah, I'm Coppola yeah. and here's what mm-hmm. we should do. Got mm-hmm. my hands up to frame it. No, I, I, I think it's going to be great. The whole thing is this show is built on the backs of fans who love everything you do internationally for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. So and also to, to announce it now is smart because people, anybody in Australia who wants to come by is, is they got time mm-hmm. to plan and stuff. Yes. So That's good for goal. you guys. Fantastic. Yeah. Right, so we'll see you in December. It'll I'll, be, I think, you know what I can say? It's December 12th, but the ticket link is not up yet. But okay. All right, but well, it'll the, be a dynasty type. It'll be so, soon. We'll have all that info. So soon. come up, come up. You know, if you're if out of town, it'll be a big celebration. Our 10 year anniversary. It'll be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm excited. So all right. Now I have a reason to live till December. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for them. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just need you to leg it out to December. I can make it. I'll straggle through. We'll see. What you do on the 13th, Mike, is your business. But up until <laughs> that time. <laughs> now are you still uh, doing Twitch gaming and? I am. That was the, the, the new direction I talked about. I do Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do it six times a week, man, where I play a video game on, on uh, you know, sometimes I just do chats where I talk to people. Uh, I play video games most of the time and, and it, it got it got successful quick and then it's tapered off. It's one of those things. You know, it's the internet. So you're like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then it tapers off. You're like, it's a failure. I got to stop doing this immediately. <laughs> um, but I'm very lucky to have a core group of people who come every single day. And hang out in the chat room and talk and watch me play spooky games and and or whatever game we wind up playing. And you played God of War yet? I played God of War. That's mm-hmm. the, see, this is the thing. I started with all the great games. Mm-hmm. So then you play some game that's just some horseshit knockoff game. You're like, ah, oh, this is awful. I hate it. Yeah, like I, you've already played the AAA one. Yeah, I played. Yeah. I played Last of Us. I played God of mm-hmm. War. I played Red Dead Redemption Two. I played mm-hmm. uh, Until Dawn. I'm in the middle of Evil Within right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red uh, Res- Resident Evil Two. Oh yeah, it's you know, great. and it's it's fun. It's and it's fun to interact with the people. And I have a good time playing. So mm-hmm. that's the thing is. I, I've checked out other streamers and they're just, they're playing a game and people are watching them. It's the weirdest museum exhibit of a fucking television thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. They barely move. And I'm mm. yelling like a fucking psychopath at midnight mm. in my house. My neighbor actually, he's like, what are you doing over there? I'm like, ah, killing monsters. Shut up. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, but people have been very gracious and they come and they attend and, and it's twitch.com slash the 40 year old boy. And so someone who hears a neighbor um, screaming next door accepts the explanation i'm just killing monsters he, he's fine with it they, well they know me I mean, they've known me a long time <laughs> so right. it's uh it's fantastic so yeah god of war is, is a ridiculous just good started game. it and it's it's really fun it's so good and then yeah. i you know i but then i play games i hate i played sims i played it twice and everybody's like dude you would totally love sims and there's there's nothing it's nothing you build a guy and you got to get a job someone's like you gotta get your sim a job what the fuck am i playing video games on, t- on yeah. online for if i'm gonna get a sim a job yeah the whole point i got him is laid. to get it yeah i did i literally <laughs> i, I built a sim i made him like all muscly and then he banged a married chick and i said i'm done i don't ever have to, i don't have to play this game ever again <laughs> i railed a married chick we're finished <laughs> that's that's yeah. your finish line in the that sims. was the final boss yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
So, all right, let's get into it. We were all very excited to see this film over the weekend, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film? He's true? calling it his ninth film. Calling it his ninth. It's his tenth film, but okay. it is... For all intents and purposes, the way they're marketing it is, yes, the ninth film right. from Quentin Tarantino. Uh, all right. Uh, and just so we should let people know that we will do a separate spoiler up on this. So, this, oh, oh, thank you for telling me. Yes, I did not know which this, one this was. This is a regular episode. This uh -huh. will not go into spoilers. We'll just do the broad strokes of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I, get, I guess most of this conversation will just be why I'm the only guy that didn't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll uh, dive into that for sure. Uh, so, Mike, you are the guest. Why don't you go first? Now, to, to start, though, big fan of Quentin Tarantino and his films, right? Um, ridiculous fan of yes. Tarantino. I mean, I'll tell this. People know this who know me or listen to my show. This is true. In 1992, I think it is, when, when Dogs came out, Reservoir Dogs, uh, I happened to wake up. I was in L.A., and I opened the L.A. Times, and there was a review of this movie. And they called it, you know, an ultra-stylistic, violent, dialogue-driven, and but from a new guy. And I read the review and I went, wow, this sounds something interesting. So I, I convinced the guy I was staying with, I'm like, let's go see this. So we went to a theater and uh, it's now a bookstore. The theater's gone now, but it was a bookstore. And we went to see it and I watched the movie and I, I sat, I couldn't believe it. Wait, something got replaced by a bookstore? Yeah, it's, a, it's a bookstore. <laughs> it's still uh, got the marquee on That's <laughs> never happened before. <laughs> um, I, I, so I saw it and, and I... Uh, and I, I couldn't believe it as I was watching it. It was just, it was as if someone said, hey, Mike Schmidt, we, we're going to make a movie just for you. What would you want it to be? And the only thing is there's not naked women in it or like, you know, that kind of thing. But I mean, but the violence, the dialogue, all of it. And then Buscemi, all the tough, all the tough guy nonsense. Mr. Blonde to this day, Mr. Blonde's still my favorite movie character in history. And Reservoir Dogs is my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. I literally walked out of the theater. I went across the street to a drugstore, a Rite Aid. I got changed for the payphone. And I called my friends in Chicago to tell them what I had just watched. And then I went over and I watched the movie again. So that's who you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> Did your friend stay for the second screening too? Uh, no, he left, okay. actually. <laughs> but I went. Because I, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't stay for the phone calls either. <laughs> he took off. <laughs> hey, wait a second. I'm going to make a phone. Idiot. But I, I can't stress enough. He, so he's, this was my Avengers. This is mm. my guy. This is, I've been waiting for this for five years. Well, he's been working on the screenplay for five years. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And uh, he said it's his most personal film. And uh, he apparently, one of the things we'll get into too with Al Pacino's in the movie, uh, he had a role written specifically for Al Pacino in the film, but that didn't work out. And he was later be cast as Marvin Schwartz, a fictitious Hollywood agent to DiCaprio's character. Schwarz. What is it? Schwarz? Schwarz. Schwarz? Yes. Schwarz. That's the, well, that's the line in the movie. Yeah, Schwartz. Yeah, DiCaprio calls him Schwartz. And yeah, Schwartz. 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 So, so Mike, what'd you think of the film? All right, I've <laughs> seen it twice. <laughs> wow, uh, I've seen it twice. Yeah. That's almost six hours of your time. Well, I I was lucky enough to go. Um, we're recording this on the 29th, and I I saw it on the 20th. Um, it was the first North American paying screening. He did mm. it at the Arclade. Did, they did a thing called Three Days of Tarantino, Once Upon a Tarantino. And so they showed all of his movies on the big screen and he was there. He came to Kill Bill. He came to Hateful Lady. And he was at this, I, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw the first screening even before the red carpet, which was the mm. Monday. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on the 20th. Um, couldn't wait. I mean, I, it was that thing where I was refreshing. They had their server crashed. I had to buy it through the app, but I got in. Mm -hmm. And he was there, and he introduced the film and stuff, and he and and then he went and sat down. And um, I will admit, all right, uh, I didn't like Hateful Eight. Neither that, did I. That was the first one that I didn't see in the theater multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because it looked he looked gassed if that makes any sense like he he reached so far he was doing genre 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 and i wanted him back in los angeles i wanted him back you know in crime i wanted him back you know i mean i understand you want to make your western you want to make your 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 and I need to clarify too. I speak about him as if I know him in some way. And I know that's ridiculous. But I'm, I'm such an intense fan of his that I, I hope that because of that, it gives what I say a little bit of weight when I, when I see his movie. So anyway, so I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the first time. And I, I, was, I, I thought it was really good. But I, I didn't understand why it needed to be two hours and 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I thought there's a really good hour and 45 minute movie in here. Right. Uh, I don't need so many camera shots from a car. I don't know why you're backing out of parking spots all the time. You're steering into the skid of the foot thing. I get it. That's your deal. You're the foot fetish guy and everybody makes fun of you. So why not have everybody be barefoot in a film? Mm -hmm. Um, It was the first time I heard. uh, And again, this is, these are all, I I still thought it was really good. This is the thing I have to clarify to everybody. I still thought it was really good. Brad Pitt can do nothing wrong ever. Mm -hmm. He's unbelievable. He's, he's, the epitome of on-screen cool, and that you always hear that that cliche: men want to be him and women want to fuck him. That's that dude all the fucking time. And Cliff Booth, the character, especially. Um, I don't know why I need a full episode of Lancer in 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 a movie. I I, I I'm but I but I. That's how I felt when I walked out the first time because the trailers led me to think it was going to be a wham bang 1969 Manson this that the other thing and. I went in fully expecting it to be something and it gave me something that I did not expect at all. Right. And and honestly, we talked about that before the movie came out and we're like, well, this trailer, it may not necessarily represent the film. We don't know because it could, it could, it could not. We don't know the trailer much... makes it seem like it's about the Manson family yes. and these guys interacting with them. Yes. And the and how it reflects Hollywood and how that right. story, you know, encompasses all of Hollywood and how it was a almost like a shift in time. Well, it's, yeah, it's the end of an era. The end of an the era, beginning yeah. of something. And also... He studies the, it's the end of canned 30 minute black and white heroes and villains. And so now 1969 is ushering in your, you know, the Easy Riders Raging Bulls. It's just, it's now the 70s filmmaker. is when that came out, I believe. Yeah. Easy Riders came out. I mean, that's when all those things. All the filmmakers, John Cassavetes and, yep. and all these guys start to assert themselves and the studios because... I, I I don't know if just younger people became in charge or whatever, but the studio grip on on making packaged pablum for people was gone, and guys were willing to explore their their boundaries and getting to do two and a half three hour movies or drug trips of an hour or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck, and really kind of feeling. Uh, the, the also the Manson murders really changed the makeup of of Hollywood, and and then obviously changed the whole country because at that point hippies were viewed as just the peace loving, you know, whatever. And, and like, uh, so Laurel Canyon was this, like still kind of is, but was this hippie community of artists. And, and it was that new wave, the hippies, we're going to come break down the studio system, musicians, Mm -hmm. and we're going to make art, you know, and we're not going to do this, you know, big studio commerce. And after the, the Manson murders, people like, whoa, started got security systems and gates and all the stuff that people weren't doing prior to that. And the like, and the like viewing the hippie as a dangerous 
Well, yeah, because Chicago like, in 68 had led to people seeing what the possibilities of that were. You know what I mean? But that was also in the Meadows. It was a world removed from California. California mm-hmm. was still extremely hippie laid back. That was where the hippies went to get safe from the rest of the country. Right. And then when the hippies, essentially with the Manson murders, had asserted themselves as a danger, as you say, it changed the whole dynamic, you know? And, yeah. and, and also the older generation, people who'd been in charge of the movie industry or who'd been out here a lot of money then walled themselves off. They were like, well, fuck, we got to protect ourselves. Because again, they, cause they went to kill Dennis Wilson, you know what I mean? Essentially. And then they killed the Lobiancos who were just like normal blue collar people. You know, they did, they were indiscriminate. And then if you read Helter Skelter and you read about the trial afterwards and you just go, Oh my Christ, if that shit happened today, like it's it's so strange that Manson is still this cultural touchstone for all of us now, with all of the crazy bullshit we've had to go through since. But when you read Helter Skelter, you go, Jesus Christ, that guy was like, it was as if OJ had had punched people in the face in the courtroom, like the insane things he did. He went after the judge, yeah. almost got to him. A, a witness didn't show up, and they found him dead. And Manson smiled when they brought it up in the courtroom. Just, I mean, just he scared the shit out of the world, man. It's yeah. crazy. So yeah, so it's it's such a turning point. He's in the movie in one scene. He's in the it. movie for forty five seconds. Yeah, because mm-hmm. okay, I will. I, I, like I said, so I feel I need to say this. I saw it a second time, and I've I've come completely around on the things that bothered me the first time. Interesting, because I I think this is him making a movie that seventies filmmakers would make. I thought it was indulgent the first time I saw it. I thought it was almost lazy in parts. And then I saw it the second time and I went, no, this is a filmmaker who's allowed to do whatever he wants and he's going to indulge himself and make the movie he wants. It's not slick. It's not packaged. It's not pixels fighting pixels. It's not 96 minutes on the nose and then three minutes for credits and then a button scene. It's a guy who went, I'm going to make a movie that I want to make and it's going to be all over the place and I kind of... I don't, it's a mosaic and I'm happy to do it. Well, I, you know what I, I likened it to is I was watching this film and I had the same reaction. I was like, I'm really enjoying this film. But in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking that people aren't going to like this movie. Oh. I, I was thinking that people are not going to like this movie yeah. and it's going to be very polarizing. How and, did it land with your crowd? So, um, the, how did it land in the room? I, well, we saw it during dad time, which is Friday at like 9.30 a.m. So oh it was okay. all super fans. Yeah. Is, so everyone was there that, you know, really enjoyed it. Yeah. But but as I was watching this film, um, it reminded me a little bit of, uh, in a weird way, Edward Scissorhands, if you remember that film, Tim Burton. Sure. And he said once in an interview, because that movie is all over the place, if you look at it. And he said, I was always more interested in invoking an emotion or a feeling than hitting a plot point. And I realized that, like, as Quentin Tarantino, the way he made this film was... This is how I feel. This is a personal movie to me. Like he even compared it uh, to uh, um, um, was the what is the one that uh, Roma? Like he was like oh, yeah. it's like a memory movie for me, which is bullshit because this wasn't ex- his memories. Well, the one look, the uh, one but, thing uh, we have to talk about it, for him is he's a bullshitter, yeah, right? He, yeah. In every interview, he's now so, talking about Kill Bill three. He, yeah, he's yeah. talked about the Vega Brothers so, forever, but now he's telling you saying you can't do it. So but that's, that's what, okay. That's that, who yeah, he is. Yeah, that's who he is. So he's a pro wrestler. Yeah, so you're watching this uh, movie, and I, I'm enjoying it. I'm thinking in the back of my head, this you know, it's not hitting plot points. It's meandering. These scenes are going on way too long. The movie is too long. But the way it kind of washes over you as a whole, like it's one of those times where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Like it really, it came together for me as a film and as a Tarantino film. Like 
No one else could have made this movie. Yep. No one else could have um, gotten away with making this movie. And uh, no one else could have put this together the way he put it together. Because you could tell the stuff he was most imp- um, um, he was most focused on. And invested it was, in, yeah. Invested, yeah. It was the relationships. It was that time in Hollywood. It's, yeah, and he it's skirt- a hangout movie. It's, yeah. it's a, it, it's- he skirted around the actual... Um, um, historical events, the storylines, and even the characters. Like, he twisted everything uh, in a weird way, but was entirely intentional. Like, would Bruce Lee really get his ass kicked by a, a uh, you know, a... He didn't get his ass kicked. No, I know, but but still. But that, <laughs> that kind of thing, like, he, they, he messed with characters like Steve McQueen. Like, he made them uh, where you don't necessarily see them portrayed in, you know, interviews and movies and like he kind of gave them all these weird flaws which was interesting and this is again goes back to um tarantino being a bullshitter is this really what they were like who knows you know we weren't on the sets but uh does it matter i mean this is again this is through quentin tarantino's lens so it's it's ever it's his interpretation you put like, yourself in his hands when you go and see what he's done no one is looking at this movie and going oh that's fact or that really yeah. happened that's really it's his interpretation of everything and uh, what I did find the most interesting is that the movie, you know, without giving away any spoilers, is um, it takes a really long time to lead up to anything. You don't know where it's going or where it's leading up to. But but it's interesting to get there. Exactly. Please, it's one, it's not, I, it's one of those me, and rare, I know you're going to argue It's one of those point. very rare films. <laughs> I'm just letting you guys yeah, babble yeah, on. Yeah. Buckle up. It's those very <laughs> rare films that I, I'm okay with because of how well every scene is put together and how well the characters interact and how well the casting is and uh, just the the voice and the uh, vision of the, the director. So it made me overlook all of those uh, basically structural flaws to actually actual making a, a film. So, all right, Graham. All turn. right. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I am someone that very much likes Tarantino's movies. I think, uh, I think Kill Bill 1 and 2 are amazing films. Um, I really I liked Hateful Eight because I grew up. I mean, I you know, I studied um, Ford and Hawks in film school, so the big sweeping western and what how he captured that loved it. Um, and I saw a seventy millimeter print of it. You know, I, I went. So did I, yeah. so I was like the road show. I saw yeah, that. I saw and- the. Ro- I was like, I'm in, and I love and I loved that because I was like, man, he really cares about the craft of filmmaking and telling a story in the correct way. This movie was, I would have used, when you said I thought he was gassed, I was like, oh, he's run out of shit to do, and now he's just doing Tarantinoisms. You know, he's just taking deliberate long, he's, he's like, I guess I'll just make this super long. And the character stuff, the Steve McQueen and the Bruce Lee, that stuff was intriguing to me. That was interesting. And I felt like, look, man, your trailer said it was about the Manson family. You're putting these specific dates on the screen you keep dancing around it and I'm looking at my watch and it's like two hours and we're not even in the goddamn compound with the lunar, like when is this going to happen? And I was, I started to get annoyed because I felt like he does, he was doing that thing that established filmmakers fall into the trap of, Oh, I have to do this thing that I'm known for. I have to have these deliberate, like the the cars backing up and all that stuff and i was like it should have been an hour 45 but then and i'll get into this in the spoiler i can't even talk about the ending here but but you say but you say he had he felt he had to do something can't you pivot to he wanted to do that 
And because he has the, you're a filmmaker. He and Chris is a filmmaker. As filmmakers, don't you, don't you see a guy who has rope and uses all of it as, right, as, but, as a but, triumph? But 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 uh, in other films, because there's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind. Kill, that Kill Bill story had to be told that long. And he went, you know what? It's two movies. One's a samurai movie. One's a spaghetti Western. I'm going to release two. This story needs to be told in two volumes because that's what the story warranted. This felt like he went, well, I'm Quentin, so I'm supposed to use a long rope. You don't have to use the long rope just because you have in the past. And that's the thing that it got too self-indulgent for me. And, and it, it felt, it felt lazy. It felt directionless. It felt like that's all I felt that the first night. Clearly yeah. I went, this is Elvis. Elvis made a movie <laughs> and Sonny and red went, that's great, man. Put yeah. that in. Yeah. I agree with you, dude. I it's in hateful eight. Since we're, we'll, we'll retro it a little bit. There's the whole scene where Samuel L. Jackson tells Bruce Stern a story about his son. And in the road show, that closes the first half of the road show. Now, I happen to see this in, I was on the road. I was in Milwaukee. I saw it in a full house on Christmas Eve. And I know he thought that that scene was going to blow the fucking roof off the joint because Samuel L. Jackson being as, as obscene as possible and a, a guy gets raped and all, like, it's crazy what happens. And that, that scene stopped down and then, the, the, you know, the, the orchestra played. And I looked around, there, everybody's goggle-eyed and they were just like, what the, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. And then we came back from the intermission and the first thing you hear is him narrating and showing you, telling you a bunch of shit that instead of giving me a seven minute rape scene, whatever the fuck it was, you could have filmed all of this with the coffee and the poison and the, all that shit. And I went, why are you doing this? Why is there a narrator? Why are you? T- and why is it you? It takes me right out of it. In this movie, there's a narrator furious at it. I don't know why he's doing it. It, it makes me mad because how, how much more interesting is it if we see them in Italy? If you see, if you see DiCaprio and Pitt actually get to go to Italy and see Cliff Booth have to interact with them and then and and see a spaghetti western right movie. instead mm-hmm. we get the the you know, and then this guy went here and then that guy did this and then they're on a plane and they're and, and you're just like uh, that's lazy that's again it's that device where what are you doing i was bored i was I, never I, bored I, that's the problem mm-hmm. i was bored yeah and i'm looking at my watch then it's like you filmmaker you you didn't you, you just went you just did you made choices just because you can and no one's going to tell you no and I and I've seen that with it happens with filmmakers all the time but I think his choices are interesting enough to allow him to do that whether there's too many of them I look I'm, I'm well, like I said it seemed there are parts of this that play like a parody of a Tarantino movie oh I, for I, sure. I, yeah. there's no doubt it's because we've seen so many of them and, and, and the not pro- only that but we've seen every so many parody, trying to do them yes. and that's the thing mm. Mike the parody when you're watching a director and you feel you're like you're watching a someone doing a parody of that director. That's when I know that director is out of ideas. That's when I know they're playing their same song. That's when I know they they it's it's a it's a band that does uh they don't they play all their classics like Elvis used to do at the end of his career. He wouldn't play them. What I, do you call it a um a medley? A medley. He just he does just a medley all of all together, this sure. all together. I was just like that's what I felt like I was watching like Elvis in the jumpsuit. You know, and I was like, there was moments that were great, just like Elvis in the jumpsuit. There's moments that are awesome. Yes. But then I'm watching this heavy set guy try to do karate, and I was just like, I, you know, he, the thing that was so cool was, you know, hateful eight. He was like, he's like, you know, I've I've never done a full western. I'm gonna do one, and really because I love that genre. Yeah. And this was obviously, obviously, you know, what happened to Roman Polanski's wife. And what happened to that era, the Manson murders, clearly affected this film industry and an era that he really likes. So he wanted to tell that story. But this just felt like, 
I'm a genius. I'm great. You have to watch everything I do. And I'm sitting there going, motherfucker, you're wasting my time and I'm bored. Hmm. And, and, and I don't, I'm like, I, I, I was in the, I'll see anything he does camp at this movie. I was like, Next one, no. Nah. Well, I don't know how many more he's going to make. He keeps saying he's going to retire after every he one. Said he's, well, he said he's going to make 10, because um, mm. again, he's conveniently ignoring Death Proof. <laughs> which is, uh, <laughs> the only other movie I really did, I, st- I left because I was bored with it. Well, I went to the, again, this is who you're talking to. I went to the midnight premiere at Mans of Grindhouse. Oh, so you so saw both of them back The to whole back. back-to-back with yeah, all yeah. the trailers, all the bells, all that stuff, mm. and, and two stars of the movie, and you know, all that stuff. Mm. And it was phenomenal. It was just, Planet Terror was really great. And then we get into Death Proof, and I, I remember, because again, it was midnight. So you're looking at a three and a half hour extravaganza, not yeah. to mention all the bells and whistles beforehand. Well, the first hour is uh, them talking in a bar. Yeah. Well, uh, but again, but it's, but it's, it's saying, I, 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 getting to your point and, and, and getting to all of our points, when he writes dialogue that sings, I would watch a five hour movie. Mm-hmm. But when I asked how it landed in your theater, I mean, I saw it with him in the room mm-hmm. and it, there's a scene where uh, the narrator says, he actually says, and smoking a big fat joint. He's because he's saying, yeah, there he's watching TV and smoking a big fat joint. And there was a laugh in the theater. And in my head, I go, oh no, is he making movies for people who think just saying big fat joint is cool? <laughs> is that who he's making movies for now? Like I, because I mean, I now we're two thirds of the way through the movie, and it's my first viewing, and I'm going. Uh, this better pick up. I mean, I, you, mm-hmm. let's hit the giddy up here, buddy. Go to the whip mm-hmm. because we are, it's dragging for me. It now, clearly what, is dragging for me. The movie. What changed? What changed in the second viewing? I didn't have I got to say ex- this real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. The ending, when I saw it last night, was getting all these laughs. The crowd was laughing and I had this like, the wow. The ending was, people were getting laughs. Oh yeah, buddy. Dude, oh my God. Oh, I've seen it twice and it goes, because it, it, this is the one thing I will say, you said, will, will people like this movie? You right. said young people, right? So. Because I, I thought of that. I actually framed it in that. I went, I was 20. No, not young people. Just, you know, just. The well, Midwest. Uh, other, no, no, just uh, not, not a specific who? demographic. <laughs> well, but, but, it, but it's a, a fair pe- question for it him. It is, but it's one of those movies, too, that like, as I'm, like I said, as I'm watching it, there's people that are not going to like it. People that don't have the uh, patience for. Uh, Lancer. The, yeah, for the, and for the filmmaker who's being a little overindulgent, for yes. sure. Because the one thing I think we could all agree on. This is the movie Quentin Tarantino wanted to make. There's no studio. There's no executive going, you need to cut that scene. There's no, you need to rework this. Here are the rewrites on your script. It's not going to happen with Quentin Tarantino. He's one of the few auteurs in our, um, in our generation that like he literally gets to do whatever he wants. So whatever he wants ends up on the screen for better or for worse. But he used to have Sally Menke, who was his editor, and he says his only true collaborator. Mm-hmm. And then she passes away. She hasn't worked on Hateful Eight. Of course, she's not here for this movie. And you're wondering, well, was, was she the one who could tell him no? Was yes. she the voice who could kind of funnel it's entirely him possible, the right yeah. way? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Reservoir Dogs. I was 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And I it changed me, my whole viewpoint. I was like, oh, my God. And then the flood came of all the knockoffs and shit. Right. And I'm a guy who firmly believes he's made seven masterpieces. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'll fight you on all of them. Hateful Eight for me. Again, I found enough to enjoy in it, but I think he was a misfire. And Death Proof to me, it doesn't sing because he cast Zoe Bell as a stunt woman. No mm-hmm. offense to her, because she's really she's has a great small part in this, mm-hmm. um, because all she has to do is scream. Mm-hmm. But uh, but she's not carrying her dialogue. You know what I mean? She should not be carrying her fucking dialogue. So that's why Death Proof fails is because you hand a dialogue to people who can't, who don't make a meal out of it. You know, that's the thing too. Like Pulp Fiction, which is a great film, goes off on all these tangents, but they make sense in the overall tapestry. This went off on tangents where I went. 
Well, he even said that? this was the one most like Pulp Fiction that he wanted to make. Like you could see the threads of like Pulp Fiction in this movie. Like, all right, we got parallel storylines. Are they going to converge? What, you know, how are these characters going to finally interact? So, you know, you could tell he was taking a page from that book for sure. But I think that this movie, the way Scorsese knows New York, Quentin Tarantino knows Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's it's never looked better. It's never looked more fucking Los Angeles. And the, the soundtrack, it's funny if you listen to the soundtrack, um, Mrs. Robinson's on the, you know, it's a double album. Course, he put out yeah. 31 tracks. He's got all the, because I will say this too, this is a very noisy movie. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain to a friend of mine, I said, one thing that, I, that left me cold when I saw it the first time, Quentin Tarantino is not a nostalgia filmmaker. Quentin Tarantino is a filmmaker whose films become nostalgia. He makes nostalgia. Right. And this movie, the nostalgia of bus ads and and Mannix and fucking mm-hmm. radio does so much heavy lifting where you're like, why is, why is, and, and so then I try to put on my fucking film guy hat and go, there's gotta be a reason. There's a constant hum of noise here. Is he trying to get across the fact that, that, that there was never peace in LA in 1969, that you were constantly bombarded by noises and stuff. Like I, I, I try to figure out the mass media version of what a filmmaker is trying to tell me through the fact that there's not a silent moment until the end. And I'm thinking, well, is that what he's saying? That once silence comes, it brings death? Like, I'm, I, you know what I mean? I'm trying to make sense of it in some way because it's the noisiest fucking movie, dude. Every radio, every fucking thing. But then you listen to the soundtrack and he, the Mrs. because Ro- Mrs. Robinson is in this movie mm-hmm. and on the soundtrack, the real Don Steele introduces it and then it plays and it sounds like it's out of an AM radio. He didn't even use this, the, the regular version from their album. He uses the AM radio take and I'm like, oh, fuck. All right, I... I it's understand. Yeah, it's it's it makes. I, fucking I will sense. tell you this: I didn't like that Brad Pitt was driving too fast because I wanted to see all the '60s dress of all I agree the, with you. Uh, I, of all the uh, storefronts and billboards. I'm like, no, it's going, you're driving too fast. I can't see everything. Look, you can. We can lose. <laughs> when he leaves in the Carmen Ghia and he makes and he makes his way down the hill and then he makes his way to the, his home mm-hmm. and uh, and you know that I love I loved all that. It's of a piece and it shows you who he is. We because we, we're introduced to him one way and then you realize, oh man, this guy's a fucking loser essentially. But then I do not need, I understand what you're trying to do. And I hate to be this guy. It's because I'm 52 now. I I don't need Polanski and, and them driving to the Playboy Mansion on the same route to go, look, this is where successful people go. And this is where the loser went. And it's the same route, but they take different, you know what I mean? Divergent ta- paths. I get what you're doing there. You don't need to force feed it to me, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So like I said, when I, I was 24 when I saw Dogs. Does a 24-year-old walk into this fucking movie and have his life affected or changed by Tarantino? Or is he walking in and going fuck why is this so fucking because i mean i will say the first night i went with super fans he's in the room right and shit's not landing mm-hmm. except for that like big fat joint or you know that's mm-hmm. him but the thing that this movie has that i think will that will let people like it because i have a friend who was like this is the best movie he's ever made and i'm like yeah all yeah. right it's because i've seen that all over the internet this yes. is the best one he's ever made i can't watch this movie but it's you, literally polar opposite yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, um but that third act leaves leaves you you float out of the theater because of what happens and because of the pivot from uh things and and then the 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 button which we'll talk about in the spoiler it becomes this fable and it 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 delivers everything you've been waiting for for two hours and 15 minutes in the last 25 right so you leave remembering the last 25 nobody remembers fucking even though Timothy Oliphant looked exactly like Jim fucking Stacy. <laughs> that freaked me out. I was like, no, because mm-hmm. then you leave and you Google Lancer and you're like, Jesus Christ, it's the same dude. He looks just mm-hmm. like him. I mean, I'll watch him eat beans for 40 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> to get that ending. You know, I, I, 
And as a person, as a regular person, now me as a, a like I said, I, I don't want to say I'm fucking smart or I'm that guy, but I've seen so much of his work and cared so much about it that like when I saw Hateful Eight, like I, I it's funny, I was dating a woman at the time who had never seen a Tarantino movie. That's her first exposure to the guy. So I take her Christmas Eve, we watch it, and that fucking, it, it's unfolding. And in my head, I'm, I'm even going, oh boy. And I love the guy. I can't yeah. imagine what she's thinking as she yeah, sits through like, three hours and 10 minutes yeah. of, of a whodunit in 70 millimeter in the smallest cabin ever built. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're just like, why did you make that choice? It's yeah. odd. And Especially when, with the open, with the, the, the huge scope and the yep. whack. Ugh. And when you're listing stars on the opening credits who you haven't seen yet, I'm like, yep. well, clearly they're somewhere in the cabin yeah, yeah. waiting to come out later. Um, uh, so, all right. So we'll get more into it in the spoiler. Uh, now, another movie that you saw, you saw mid, how do you pronounce it? Midsummer or Midsommar? I, uh, Midsommar is Midsommar. how I, I was calling it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, Horror movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, build as such, mm-hmm. sort of. I now I will tell you this: um, never saw Hereditary. Okay, so I'm going in cold on this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know him at all, but I I had been told by enough people that I should see Hereditary. Right, and I and I you know and also, um, you know I. I had seen Spider-Man, I'd seen Avengers, and I saw Rocket Man, which is b- brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm going to go into more movies this summer I want to go to. And when I saw, I heard about Midsommar, and, and, and I was like, oh, well, I'm seeing that. I mean, it's, it's, I'm always looking for something to come out of left field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something that I'm not, you're not expecting. And you're a big fan of pagan cults. Oh my so, God, yeah. who isn't? <laughs> uh, so I, so yeah, I did get to go see it. And mm-hmm. I went, I took my brother, my, my, young, my younger brother was in town. Mm-hmm. And it ends, I just, I will jump to that real quick. And I look, I just looked, I just turned around, just get it a slow burn, like looked at him and he just goes, freaky. <laughs> went, yeah, that was a movie. <laughs> cause, uh, I didn't, I, I had no idea what, cause I, I will not watch trailers. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about Midsommar except for the, the one sheet with the mm-hmm. girl with the flower crown with the open, you know, screaming. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was in Sweden. That's all I knew. Right. So I, I like to go in cold, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause I will say that about, well, just to double back to Tarantino real fast. Even though the trailer is only, there's the teaser trailer and then the regular trailer, there's too much in those. Mm-hmm. Because they open the scene with the black and white interview with DiCaprio and the reporter. Right. That's in the trailer. So yeah. it doesn't get the joke or the laugh or the push that it should. Everybody goes, oh, we already saw this. Let's get to the stuff we haven't seen. Right. And you're like, why'd you open it? It's, it's so odd to open the movie on that note. The thing you, that opened your teaser trailer. Yeah. Mistakes. But mid, mm-hmm. so Midsommar, go ahead, mm-hmm. please. I, 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 look, man, I'm on board as we talked about when I was here for fucking... Snowblind or whatever the fuck Liam Neeson did the last time and I talked to you guys. Snowblind. I don't know what the fuck it was. It was crazy. No, that movie made us snowblind. <laughs> it was, but again, I remember because we savaged it and then I went, but yeah. go see it because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be, I want to like things. Snowbound, what was it? Uh, Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit. Cold yeah, Pursuit. Uh, I know it had some mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it's, it's, ice gun yeah, or whatever. It's frozen Taken or whatever yeah, the fuck. Frozen yeah. Taken. So, taken on ice. Right? <laughs> uh, so I... I I'm on board with as anybody who swings for the fences. And this dude who made Midsummer swang for the fences, baby. Right. I mean, he he took the biggest cut you could imagine. And you know, some of them went over the goddamn wall and mm. some of them out low and outside. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on board. I want that, man. <laughs> I, I, again, I'm tired of slick and I'm tired of being, you know, I look, I loved Endgame. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about time travel for a month with you and talk about why it sucks. But I mean, that's mm. fine. And Spider-Man, fantastic. Don't kill. Do we spoil? I don't want to spoil shit. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, don't spoil it. There's a bad thing in Spider-Man that you should never fucking do. But still, on board. Love it. Mm-hmm. But that's all 
that's fucking Count Chocula and Frankenberry, man. Sometimes you got to eat some muselics. Sometimes you got to fucking, you got to chew up some shredded wheat, baby. So we've gone from baseball to cereal. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, more, more like childlike desires. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would so say because cereal. Would you say like, Midsommar is the grape nuts? There you go. Uh, Absolutely. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> With the wheat germ on top. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's not fucking around, man. I mean, I, I was on, I'm, I can't wait to see Hereditary now. Well, like, I heard dude. like he has some really, he puts really disturbing stuff in his films. So, uh, well, you saw Midsommar. No, I haven't seen Holy it. Holy fuck. No. Did you see it? No way. Mm-hmm. You liars. I'm yeah. the only August to talk about it. And Neil. That's oh, it. Mm-hmm. I will. T- well, the sun is not in it at all. I will tell you that. There's no sun. Or, I'm sorry. The sun is in it all the whole time. There's, it's never nighttime in this movie. Oh, really? It's nighttime in the first like 15 minutes. And then they go to Sweden. And that's, that's part of the hook. Mm-hmm. He's like, all of these horrors are taking place in sunshine. Like it's literally midnight oh, wow. and the sun won't go away. Mm-hmm. So that, didn't that happen in fucking Snowfuck? I think it did, right? Yeah, Where it was sure. like, it was constantly bright there or whatever mm-hmm. for Liam Neeson. It was always dark. I don't know what the fuck. But, but dude. That was Christopher Nolan's uh, Insomnia. There you go, yeah, that one. Thank you. Uh, is that, the, what's the one with uh, um, Robin Williams and, and Pacino? Insomnia. That's it? Oh, yeah. I, I, it's a good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, who's it, Elizabeth Christopher Shue? Christopher Nolan. Who's the chick? Is it Elizabeth Shue? What? No. Who's the girl in it? Uh, Diane, not Diane Lane. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, yeah, yeah. The, the fucking jawline. Um, <laughs> so, but, dude, jawline. I don't, whatever, <laughs> Hillary Swank's got that big can opener jaw, yeah. right? It's fucking, it's so hittable in Million Dollar Baby. You're like, how's she winning all these goddamn fights? And then, of course, she gets fucking smoked. And you're like, oh, of course. That jaw's just sitting there waiting to get fucking cracked. <laughs> But fucking Midsummer, dude, this dude is just, I am, I am on, I'll watch, I'll see anything he does, anything. Mm-hmm. I, I dug it. I really dug it. Mm-hmm. And it was another one of those movies where like people are just sitting in the theater when it ends and they're just like, they're literally collecting their bearings. Right. Like I, it's like when I saw No Country for Old Men and Tommy Lee Jones gives the dream speech oh, and it yeah. just ends and everybody's just like, oh, they mm-hmm. exhale. Everybody exhales. They haven't breathed in an hour. Mm-hmm. And Midsummer is like that, dude, where you're just like, and, and I will say, I, it's I, and reading things afterwards and reading things with him and stuff like that. He's like, well, look, when you see this movie, you know what's going to happen. So it's the getting there that is important. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is I didn't like cause to me. It's so obvious what's going to happen. I'm waiting for that not to happen. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, well, then something's going to happen here. The cavalry's going to arrive or some crazy shit's going to happen. And no, it it proceeds essentially along the way, the way you would think. It's just there's so many the way it happens and these interesting diversions and shit like that. It, it's it's done so well. It's just done so well. I'm on board with that guy. Again, anybody who who has a vision and execute it, uh, executes it that perfectly and isn't with and un, unerringly and sparing no fools. Like if, if someone's in the crowd who's like, I didn't like this because of whatever, he's like, good, don't see my next fucking movie. He doesn't, you know yeah, what I mean? And also care. I've heard that it's so different from Hereditary because people who saw Hereditary went in and saw it and were just like, oh yeah, it didn't have this. Mm. And it's like, well, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, should good. defy good. you as and change. As a filmmaker, maybe uh, they don't I want to show every yes, the same thing every single time. Not fucking the same old yeah. nonsense. I'm not drawing the. I'm not seeing what you're trying to say. <laughs> so anyway, I saw Midsummer. I right. I thought it was great, and I, cool. I think people should go see it. All right, check it out. And uh, we've got some Patreon sponsors. Oh, uh, this is the last for uh, July. Uh, Johnny Rulon is promoting Johnny his novel. Johnny Rulon, God bless you yep, and all of your children. He's been with us for a while. <laughs> His novel, Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic, is on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover, T.S., on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com, happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And Fanboy Planet's website, <laughs> website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. 
Check out Fanboy Planet for your comics news, movie news, TV news, and interviews with industry insiders and artists. Can I read Fanboy one of these? Fanboyplanet.com. Absolutely. Do I, the next I don't want to be that guy. Uh, do the next one. Mm-hmm. From Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide is a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. Howard. <laughs> Chris Parker Howard. <laughs> CPH. <laughs> Uh, and Alice Frazier, host of the Bugle Podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. Check out alicefrazier.com with an S, alicefrazier.com. Frazier. You want to do another one, Mike? The Art Podcast with Rebecca Evans. When we move past hesitation and we're true to ourselves, we find our own art in life. New episode with artist Mickey Caputo, theartpodcasts.com. The Art Podcasts, there's an S in there, theartpodcasts.com. Evans. And an Aussie Noir uh, novel, The Murder of Jeremy Becky. Brooks. Uh, police said it was a mugging gone bad. She thinks it was a targeted attack. More what? info at tonymcfadden.net slash JB. That JB stands for Jeremy Brooks, who was murdered. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard. Mm-hmm. McFadden. In, in uh, Australia. <laughs> tonymcfadden.net slash JB. So... All right. Tony Mac. That's, uh, this is something, when we get into trailers, this first one is something I never thought I'd see, a movie with Hitler in it, um, <laughs> d- and uh, <laughs> distributed by Walt Disney Studios. <laughs> okay. You, could, you didn't even do the Disney. The Hitler thing is enough. He's in fucking every movie now. Jesus. <laughs> this is Jojo Rabbit. And... Uh, are you ready for the best weekend ever? Yes, I am! <laughs> Great song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jojo, my old friend. Hi, Adolf. What's wrong, little man? They call me a scared rabbit. Jojo Rabbit! Let them say whatever they want. People used to say a lot of nasty things about me. Oh, this guy's a lunatic. Oh, look at that psycho. He's going to get us all killed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's from from Taika. I can never pronounce his name. And... uh, um, what I love too, not even bothering to try to do a German accent. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, uh, I enjoy any movie with a one pitch line. What if Hitler was a boy's imaginary friend? Yes, done. Done. <laughs> you got it. Hey, what if the Hitler youth, like, we're going to do a Hitler youth, but like a wacky summer camp? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if Wes Anderson made a movie about Hitler? How about yeah. that? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, I tr- well, he's another guy. I'm going to trust him implicitly until he yeah. lets me down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so so I, I'm, I'm on board. I, I, I find it in New Zealand, I'm sure. <laughs> but boy, I, I, without being all Liney Reifenstahl here, uh, we all know this already. God, the Nazis. Boy, I tell you, it's, it's too bad they were such fucking jagoffs because the, the, the aesthetic was so beautiful. <laughs> right? <laughs> the uniforms, the flags, they just, I mean, they, they captured that. They had that down. <laughs> Who is it? Fucking Calvin Klein? Who's the guy? 
Hugo Boss. There you go. That guy. That guy knew how to make some fascism look good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry for everybody. Certainly, I don't like the results of what it turned out. But those goddamn pants. They had good production designers. Yeah, they weren't fucking around. That's what I'm saying. They were. They look. They and certainly they took it in the wrong direction. We can all agree on that. <laughs> However, holy shit, their parties must have been. I mean, like even in Inglorious Bastards, when you're like, man, I I hate these guys and I can't wait for them all to get fucking barbecued. But Jesus, does that theater look awesome? I mean, it just it's like the Confederate flag, too, which, again, monstrous. Nobody cares for it. But goddamn, it looks better than the American flag. Just yeah. aesthetically, the design of it is gorgeous. Demagogues are pretty good at marketing. Right? That's their deal. And then they fucking rope everybody in. And then you get into the meeting. You're like, man, I really like these uniforms. You're like, that's great. And wait till you try to wash the blood out of them. It comes right out. Wait, what, what, what? <laughs> Speaking of blood, here's Zombieland Double Tap. Nut up or shut up. I just showed my kids the original Zombieland. They mm. loved it. And then I showed the trailer. They're like, oh, they don't even look that much older. I'm like, well, no, it hasn't been that well, long. I, I was just going to say, is that is that now? That's what Eisenberg looks like. He looks exactly the I same. I know, now. yeah. So does Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Who hasn't aged for 20 years. But fucking one of his sunshine is like eight feet tall. I got a clip for this God. Hey, possum <laughs> Sorry, just you in that chair. I think it would have made a damn fine president. You would have brought a real dignity to the office. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Zombieland. Like Life that. is about Woody more than just survival. We were a family. Dysfunctional, Still sure, electricity. what family isn't? Merry Christmas! What would you like, little girl? I really like for you to stop calling me little girl. But do you know what I would like? I don't give a shit what you know. It felt so good to be on the move again. Whoa! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? So this exists oh, after the Paul Blart universe. <laughs> oh, so she knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley! You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom! Yeah! I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. We're gonna go get her. We ride it, Dawn. Start talking. You first. Well, my name's Tallahassee. Great zombie killing action. I haven't seen a zombie yet. <laughs> You're not gonna go wrong and shoot the thrill. Although it's not forever associated with Iron Man. Oh, my apologies, little Elvis. <laughs> okay, is it me or does, does he kind of remind you of. I don't, I don't like you. At all. all. I think you double parked. <laughs> or more perpendicular parked. Hope we don't get a ticket. What is going on here? What? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Am I hallucinating? So, if you like the first one, you'll like the second one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, Looks like fun. I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't remember. I mean, I remember liking it a lot and mm -hmm. seeing it at the theater. I don't, I, did I, it have enough juice to get this? Like people were like, we have to have a second well, zombie. not right life. away. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, that movie came out five, six years ago. Right? Well, so uh, one of the biggest uh, things was Bill Murray <laughs> in the movie. Right. You know? And I think yeah. uh, that's always gives me hope that they didn't just rush it out for a money grab because right. it's like they took they were like well there's no reason to do a sequel and then someone had a really good idea let's is do it the it. whole well I, I hope 
But I, I feel like the premise looks pretty thin. Like we just got to go rescue the teen center. Like it just feels like yeah. it just all, feels well, again, all the, zombie premises are thin for sure. Well, and, well yeah. true. But I, I don't need any White House president material jokes ever again. <laughs> no, it's yeah. finished. Yeah. It's, it's beaten to fucking death. We've had enough. So that's why the the I understand the nod there to the you know, I I think I made a damn good big dignity to the office. Oh, I get it. There's mm. certainly oh you got me, chum. There's yeah. no dignity. <laughs> I, it's, it, you don't need that. Uh, give me zombies. Give me more, you know, and more, uh, uh, I don't know, for me. So hopefully that is, is good. I don't see myself seeing this in a theater. Mm. I see like. Airplane? This will be, on, if it's on an airplane and okay. I've got nothing to do, I will watch it. And I'll go, well, that got me. That got yeah, me. Yeah, hopefully past. you'll be pleasantly yeah. surprised. Yeah, that got me over Denver. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I really think it's one of those movies that it's like, you like the first one, you'll like the second one. If you didn't like the first one, this one's not going to change your mind. I they, yeah. I just. I, I and I'm it's cool. I'm I'm glad for zombies and everybody who has a zombie movie career and all that kind of stuff. It's just enough. Enough. I know the zombie thing is definitely played out, so it's hard for me to even to get excited well, about it. But, but to see them ring every drop out of every property. I saw I saw the billboard for Pennyworth. Which oh is Oh my god. Yeah. And I literally I didn't even I I just saw the billboard and I went and I wrote I said, uh I'm not going to Google it, but if this is some actually Bruce Wayne's butler is a, is a secret agent, crime-fighting monster, I, then everybody can just fuck right off. Right. And that's what it is. That's exactly It's literally it a story of him as a young man being a crime-fighting spy, and I'm just like, get the fuck out. Are well, you serious? technically that is part of the, uh, the comic Boom! history. But, uh, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I was at Comic-Con, and uh, somebody was coming out of the screening because they showed it, and uh. Uh, if you're at Comic-Con... And you hear somebody going, yeah, I saw the Pennyworth uh, uh, pilot. Yeah, it was okay. You know, oh, boy. You've missed your target audience. Yeah. Everyone there at Comic-Con thinks everything is amazing. Yeah. So if you're if you're on a misfire there, you're in trouble. Yeah, if you're not leading with your, your yeah. best manservant at yeah. that point, you, yeah. you got trouble. Yeah. And it's like it's on this weird channel that nobody has, Epics. Like, I, I don't even know where that is on my cable. I don't cable know how to find <laughs> yeah. it. I wouldn't want yeah. to find it. I'm yeah. old. I'm, I'm ancient. It's I see like, billboards. You know, all like right. We need Carl to take... Wilson and Roy Stobbins yeah. <laughs> are Stuberman. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Where's that? We need to take all of the money from our network that nobody knows about and throw it into this one show and make what DC license can we afford? The butler. That's the butler. it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, I, I, I'm not. what about Booster Gold? Too expensive. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> nope, just the butler. That's all we can get. So, all right, on DVD and Blu-ray, The Intruder. This is the, uh, oh my God, This speaking of trailers that... Uh, are unintentionally funny. This was the Dennis Quaid home invasion uh, oh, yeah. movie. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, and, again, uh, I, I'm not going to sit to that movie, but I, yeah. even I saw it, I'm like, all right, so Dennis Quaid, the second, the second Dennis Quaid comes over with jello shots for my fucking wife. We're getting the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my wife died in this house. See you later. Nice meeting yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. This Amityville, we've seen enough, because that's another yeah. thing, is you've seen enough properties where the weirdo hangs around too much, just get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give me that. Well, you know, there's a tech boom, and I mean, there's it's hard to afford a house in the Bay Area. Get the fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Fucking great balls of fire won't leave my wife alone. I'm getting yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> Terrible. So, and uh, the next one is Long Shot. This was the uh, Seth Rogen um, movie where he, I think he's the political advisor. Yeah, this is candidate. the, yeah, uh, he. But his, she used to babysit him or something. She used to babysit him, yeah. and, and she's like a candidate, and then she's, you know, they, they, I don't know. This feels like meet cute, meet cute. There's something on a got good reviews. So yeah. people are saying she, it's pretty he gets good. made her head speechwriter, if I remember correctly. Yes, mm-hmm. she's a candidate, and then he ma- he gets made the head speechwriter. Right. 
and they start sort of dating and hanging out and yeah, she's so. you know she lets down her hair from being the uptight politician and mm-hmm. yawn and laughter mm-hmm. turns to mayhem <laughs> Seth Rogen I'll tell you what and then there's a crisis oh mm. she may not win uh, the next movie is Ugly Dolls, and if you have children, do them a favor and don't show them this film. Yeah. This, uh, there's better. There's better choices right? for. Uh, got to be for uh, entertaining your children. Uh, I saw that trailer too, and it's another one where I just went. Are they just? Are they just went? Hey, you're just man, not trying. We need a cartoon for next yeah. year. Yeah, what, you're what just not got? trying. They bought we, a property we, and we, went. We bought this property eight years ago. We have not done nothing yeah. with it. We're trying to just recoup some of our money. Back. What if cows talked? We did it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if the mice sang? Yeah. Did it. Great. <laughs> no. But what if the flowers had their yeah. own band? No, did it. What about dolls? What about dolls? Well, they always do dolls. What was the... Uh, hear me out. Yeah. Hold on a second. <laughs> what if these dolls are... <gasps> oh. Who let the ugly dogs what was, out? Who? 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 Who let the ugly dolls out? Who? <laughs> <laughs> What was that? Where you just referenced the cow, the talking cow movie? What was that one like on the farm or something? Aaron, yeah, the, do you the remember barnyard that one? Or barnyard or something? Cars moves a lot. lot. Yeah, where the uh, the, the main character no. was a cow, but he was male. Yeah, and uh, that's no one researched that. Milky, that all milky cows are friends nope. or yeah. what was it? <laughs> no, uh, no, the He's no the dude. bulls are male. Like oh well, it's just a fantasy dairy. world and blah blah blah. No, it's a cow. No, that's a cow. Yeah, you gotta you gotta figure that out that yeah. they are female. Uh, great job, everybody. Okay, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I want to let you guys know it is um, uh, Tuesday the 30th will be the last day for the Thrilling Adventure Hour merchandise. That is the closeout. You still can use the coupon code SPARKS for 25% off. There are DVDs and posters left. The t-shirts are mostly gone with the exception of the ladies' sizes, so you could check those out. So it's not out. going till the 31st. It's going so, till the 30th? Going till the... Th- uh, no. Well, all right. You know what? We'll make it to the 31st. 31st. There the we end go. of Done. July. 31st. All right. You've convinced me. I just, the way you were speaking, I was like, I don't think Chris remembered there's 31 yeah. days in July. I did not. So, so yes. So well, we'll, and go, to... <laughs> we'll go till the 31st. So um, you have that a little bit of time left. But like I said, the t-shirts, it's mostly just uh, lady sizes left, but there are DVDs and posters left. You can check those. Unfortunately, out. the only DVDs left are The Intruder. Yes. So. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Good luck. So, and that coupon code will be good even through the 31st uh, for Sparks for uh, 25% off. So, check it out. And this weekend, Graham, you know what's coming out. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. I'm so excited because I know these Fast and Furious movies do not care about physics or anything. They they so know who they are. They're going to, the trailer, I I don't know. They're going to. I'm on board. They're going to jump a submarine over a, you know, a Ferris over wheel. Over a dinosaur. Yeah, sure. I don't care. <laughs> and I love how they like, well, we don't want, we want to make sure no one forgets who these characters are from. So we have to add in front Fast of the title, and Fast and Furious presents mm. like, uh, and Shaw. like they're curating I'm, movies now. Well, here's Fast the question. <laughs> Can this withstand a Vin Diesel-less movie with him not walking around in a, in a tank top going, the family, the family. Well, I think there's one person really worried about that, and that's Vin Diesel. Yeah. He hasn't made enough money yet in his yeah. life. Well, he just got the script for Reddick. Is, isn't that a movie? There's that another, oh my There's God. another Riddick movie? He literally, oh on Instagram, he was holding up the script. He's like, yeah, the new Riddick, whatever the fuck. <laughs> and I'm Riddick like, three or yeah. two? Oh, I don't even boy. know. Who knows? I got no idea. My favorite, oh, uh, my favorite made up word from the uh, second Riddick movie, Necromonger. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Christ. <laughs> the Necromongers. Yeah, let's get that universe up and running. Mm, yeah, come on. That it's, sounds we, like a seasonal fruit. Yeah. 
It is. <laughs> We've been away from it for too long. a bag of Necromongers <laughs> well, tangerines. <laughs> they only grow in Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. That is our episode 475. Lock it down, folks. Uh, please tune in for Spoiler Rep 98. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we'll just have more specific ramblings by all three of us. Mine, you know where they're landing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mike Schmidt, where yes, can sir. people find you online? Where they can twitch you? They can 40-year-old boy you? They can, what can they it do to you? all sounds a little invasive, but Bra- go ahead. It's fine with me. Brace yourselves. <laughs> uh, you where guys, uh, you can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I am on Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. You can find me at YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can find me at Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. And uh, I'm on the PS4 network as Mike40YOB if you want to add me as a friend on there as well. Look at that. All right. Check it out. What uh, what game you got coming up? You playing? We're finishing Evil Within, which is Spooky Town, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually going to Toronto Monday, and I'm going for like twelve days. I'm still trying to figure out the logistics of how to tr- stream from the road. Nice. Uh, I think we're going to be start playing a card game called Hearthstone. I've been told that I should play because it is a massively popular game, and I've told it's fun. It's based on World of Warcraft, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I so I, that's the game. It's it's been downloaded into my computer. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna. I usually just jump into these things, but I may have to watch a tutorial which is a, a serious disadvantage to my enjoyment for any of this, but uh, I figure I should <laughs> you, learn something. You won't have to. It's got a tutorial built in, and oh. it'll uh, it'll teach you on the way, because I've got through the first couple oh, of Oh, good. Okay, so yeah. I'll be playing that online probably for the next uh, couple mm. weeks. I mean, right for this week, we're going to finish Spooky Town, which is Evil Within. All right. And I'm on Chapter 11 of that, and then, uh, and then we'll see what happens. Is that the one with Rami Malek in it? Um, no, that was until dawn. Until dawn, which okay. was interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that's that's a game where you choose I, any choose your own adventure shit is totally fun for me. I love right. those games. So, and then there's a, they have a game coming out too, the Until Dawn Makers, which I'll be playing. That I've got a whole. I, I have a friend who's putting a schedule together for me of the nice. games I need to play. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So and uh, as you guys know, we want you to spend like twenty dollars in the store. You could get the. Uh, per year, you could get the Thrilling Adventure Hour stuff, but we still have plenty of earbuds, DVDs. Clearing uh, it out, guys. Yep, and uh, we have plenty of uh, Comedy Film Nerds Guide to Movies books. They are all signed, so you can check those out as well. And, of course, my graphic novel on Going Far Away. And you got any tour dates coming up, Graham? Uh, you know, I, we were just in Las Vegas, which was cool. We're doing Progressive Comedy Tour uh, September 4th through the 8th, Ron Placone and I are going to Omaha, Sioux Falls, Madison, Minneapolis, and Iowa City. Go to GrahamElwood.com for all your tour dates. And my Indiegogo to Russia funded, so I will be in Russia the 18th through the 29th. Boom. So uh, I will be a an official uh, Kremlin puppet at the end of <laughs> September. Um, so yeah. And then, of course, Political Vigilante, uh, you know, go to my YouTube, subscribe to that. Go to GrahamElwood.com for all things Graham Elwood. All right. That is our show. Episode 475. Done. Lock it down, folks. And of course, come out uh, December 12th. We'll put the ticket link up in, you know, probably next month. But we're going to be doing our big 600th episode in December. It's going to be a big blowout. We're going to do a big, long show and a party afterwards. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be fun. Um, So thank you to Mike Schmidt. And thank you to Aaron and everybody here at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first.